Hello, everyone. How is everyone out there doing? I hope that you are experiencing the miracles and the wonders of God. And um, I want to talk to you about a subject called Let God Out. And we're going to look at Psalm 79 and 9. You're famous for helping God. Give us a break. Your reputation is on the line. Pull us out of this mess. Forgive us our sins. Do what you're famous for doing. Famous. Having a widespread reputation, usually of a favorable nature. Renowned, celebrated synonyms are well-known, celebrated, prominent, famed, popular, having made a name for oneself. And before I go any further, I want to thank God for... Him loving me enough to place me in Redeemed Assembly. I am grateful for my pastors. I am grateful for their wisdom and most importantly, their integrity in matters and just wanting to love God and showing us and giving us that example to live right. You know, in this day is not, it's not common. But I want to thank God for their wisdom, their knowledge, and their integrity, and their passion for God and his people. And I just want to say one quick prayer tonight. Lord, don't let me embarrass you and let me make you proud, God. And Lord, whoever is out here that needs a word, God, I give you full permission to speak through me, God. I don't know it all, God, and I need you. I need your revelation. I need your knowledge, and I need your wisdom, God, to depart this word to your people, your precious people, God. And Lord, just let me make you proud tonight and let souls be saved, let needs be met, and let miracles happen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. May the God of revelation and illumination show me what I need to learn and give me the grace to obey. So we're talking about being famous. Anybody out there know that God is just famous for being good? He's just a good God on all levels. So I want to encourage us tonight to let God out. So many of us have kept God in the closet with the door nailed shut afraid of what he's going to do, afraid of what he's going to allow. You ever seen somebody walk the dog? It's kind of, that's kind of like what we do to God. We put him on a leash. We say, let's go for a walk, God. I'm all in. I'm ready to go for a walk. But the minute something gets out of control, we yank that leash and we say, uh-uh, 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 that's not going to work. We actually want to control every single thing that's going on. And now it's time to take the leash off of God, to take the leash off of of his goodness, to take the leash off of his miracles, to take the leash off your gift, to take the leash off your talents. And then we, we, when we, when, when things get out of control, we say, uh, uh, God, I need you to do what I tell you to do. And when it go, when it gets out of control, we still yank that leash back again. 
What someone believes about God affects everything else he or she believes. I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. All of these things affect the way you feel about God. Your faith is in jeopardy. Your faith is in jeopardy when you don't experience the miracles of God. God has a design for us. Yes, we go through, but we still need those times when he can show up and be what we couldn't imagine him to be. If you don't experience that miracle, then you might lose your faith. And we think that we're out here meeting other people's miracles, but these... Us being, putting ourselves in the way of God actually works miracles, a bigger miracle in our life than we, than it does for the person that we're trying to minister to. See, one move of God does so, so, so many things. You are participating in one big master plan. Your faith needs a physical, just like your body does. Your faith needs a physical. You must have it tested to see if it's healthy. If it has not been assaulted, then it's not faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, give us an excellent definition, gives us an excellent definition of faith. It says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So in essence, Faith is two words. It's substance and it's evidence. They compromise the prescription. They comprise the prescription of faith. So you must have substance and evidence. Substance and evidence. First of all, it's substance. Most people don't look at it this way. But when you buy something, you know, you get this thing called the receipt. So faith is the receipt to what you ordered. So you may put in an order for healing. When you put it in, you get your receipt. It's not the waiting for it to manifest. God gives you the receipt when your faith is right there. He doesn't wait. He gives you your receipt right there. Faith is the receipt of what you ordered. It is also evidence. Faith is the evidence. So when you order something, you don't find it surprised when it shows up. I know all of us have been junkies of Amazon. And when we want our packages, we expect our packages. We might have an online receipt, but we're looking at that door for what we want. And we don't feel stupid doing it. And that's the same way our faith has to be. It has to be sure. When is it coming? I'm expecting something to happen, God. It is my evidence. So I have that substance and the evidence once I believe the deal is sealed. The deal is sealed. Now, in the same sense, faith is the evidence that God is faithful. So my faith will scream of his reputation while I'm holding on for a miracle. He's famous for that. He's famous for coming through with miracles. But I got to let him out. I got to let him out. I can't just keep him confined and small and boxed in. I have to put my faith to a challenge because small things are insults. Let God out so he can do and be God. Faith is active 
confidence. Faith is the substance and evidence. Faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it, no matter how I feel, because God promises a good result. Has God given you good results for small faith, for big faith? He still comes through because he's famous for meeting our needs. He's famous for hearing our prayers. Let's break that definition down so you can see how we work the practical ways. Oh my God, we must believe, okay? The word believing is not, I hope so. As in, wouldn't it be nice if? It's much more than that. Believing is a lot more than just shallow believing is. I have all, believing says that I have all, all of my options, all of my faith, all of my hope in this one source. I don't have a plan B, C, D, E, and Z. Everything about me is on the line when I have faith with God. My faith is not faith if I can't give it a hundred percent because see, it depends on where your faith is focused as to who's going to come through. So if your focus of your faith is on you, then you have to depend on you to come through. If the focus of your faith is on your job, then you're waiting for your job to come through. If the focus of your, of your faith is money or an inheritance, then that's what your faith is. But today my faith is in Jesus Christ, the one, the author, the finisher, the beginning, the middle and the end, the father of all promises. But faith is not believing like a vacuum. It's belief based on the word of God. It has to be based on God's word. God's word. So God is waiting to do all these miracles. You're always participating in one big setup, but we got to stop playing it safe. Faith doesn't play it safe. Faith reaches beyond what it can do. And it reaches to a savior that can actually answer prayers. What if I told you miracles are waiting on you? You are not waiting on a miracle. The miracles are waiting on you just to let God out because he's famous for coming through. Make a move of faith so miracles can interrupt your plans. Yes, you can plan yourself to death. But then when God comes through and interrupts your plans with a miracle of unexpected, that you were not even expected, that's the exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think. Faith is action. Miracles are are the basics of Christianity. It's the basic package. It's not for the extreme Christian. It's the basics of Christianity. He is famous. He is famous for coming through. It took a miracle for all of us to live the Christian life. God is famous for saving the unloved, the unwanted, the useless, the worthless. God is famous for making ways out of no way. The Christian life was 
was never meant for you to live divorced from God. A miracle is by definition beyond the ability of science that, that science can explain and must therefore also be beyond the ability of science to disprove. It's the unexplainable. It's the unimaginable. It's the untraceable. Hallelujah. God is not a nut, unable to do anything new or different. God, we haven't even tapped. We haven't even touched what God could do. Sometimes situations like this happen so that something inside of us will reach out to a greater God because we've tried to keep God small so long. We've tried to keep him small in our thinking, small in our healing. We think that we have to add something to God to give him value. But God is the value. He is the value, not his stuff. He is the value. Miracles are a byproduct of our relationship, just like love is a byproduct of our relationships. A miracle is God doing what only he can do. But you got to let him out. Tell fear to commit suicide. I'm going for it this time. I'm not going to sit out and watch life pass by. Could this time be for us to get closer to God, for us to let him out in all of the areas that we tried to control that are controlling us? Could this be the time where we actually get healed from it? Could this be the time where we actually soar? Could this be the time where souls are one to Christ in unimaginable numbers? God is just amazing. He's a miraculous God, but I want to be a participant in this move. Prayer. Prayer, prayer answers, answers. He answers prayer. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you all this story that almost made me want to run. It almost made me want to run. It was a grocer and he wants to know how much prayer weighed. How much does a prayer weigh? The only man I've ever knew who tried to weigh one still does not know. Once upon a time, he thought he did. That was when he owned a little grocery store on the west side. It was the week before Christmas after the World War. A tired looking woman came into the store and asked him for enough food to make up a Christmas dinner for her child. He asked her how much she could afford to spend. She answered, my husband was killed in the war. I have nothing to offer but a little prayer. This man confesses that he was not very sentimental in those days. A grocery store could not afford to operate as a bread line. So he said, write it on a paper and turned about his business. To his surprise, the woman plucked a piece of paper out of her bosom and handed it to him over the counter and said, I did that during the night watching my sick baby. The the grocer took the paper before he could recover from his surprise and then regretted having done so. For what would he do with it? 
What could he say? Then an idea suddenly came to him. He placed the paper without even reading the paper on a weight side of his old fashioned scale. He said, we shall see how much food this is worth. To his astonishment, the scale would not go down. When he put a loaf of bread on the other side, it didn't move. To his confusion and embarrassment, it would not go down enough. He kept adding food. He kept adding crackers. He kept adding food and food and food. And then it still didn't move. He tried to be gruff and he was making a bad job of it. His face got red. It even made him angry. So finally he said, well, that's all the scale will hold anyway. Here's a bag. Fill it up yourself because I'm busy. With that sounded like a gasp or like a little sob from the woman. She took the bag and started packing in the food, wiping her eyes with her sleeve every time her arm was available or free. She packed the bag and packed the bag and packed the bag. The bag was almost full. The man saw her. He slid a whole block of cheese, which ended up filling up the bag. When the woman had gone, he, he, <laughs> when the woman had gone, he went to look at the scale, scratching his head in puzzlement. Why didn't this scale move? Then he found the solution. The scale was broken. The grocer is an old man now. His hair is white, but he still scratches in the same place and shakes it slowly back and forth with his usual puzzlement. Mm. He never saw the woman again, and he come to think of it, he never had seen her before. Yet for the rest of his life, he remembered her better than any other woman in the world. He knew it had been just his imagination, for he still had the slip of paper upon which the woman's prayer had been written. Please, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. So what her paper said was just give us this day. She didn't have a grocery list. She did not have a list of demands for God. All she did was say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And she left a grocery store with her Christmas dinner. See, she let God out. She actually put her faith in action, went to the store with nothing but a prayer on a piece of paper. <laughs> and then the scales never tipped until she got just what she wanted, just like the lady with the oil. The, the oil didn't run out till she got to the need was met. But see, you got to do something. You have to get out. You have to let God out. Do something that's going to put God's line, God's name on the line. God, I'm going to do this so you can come through. I'm not talking about doing nothing crazy, but winning souls. See, that piece of paper made that man a believer. That Hey, miracles still do happen and people around you are waiting for you to wake up and arrive so that they can experience a miracle on your behalf through your life. Don't have enough. He's famous for that. Don't know enough. 
He's famous for that. Don't have enough influence. He's famous for that. Don't see enough resources. He's famous for that. That situation is perfect for a miracle. He's famous for that. He's famous for it. Uh, so we see, you know, because the thing about why he's famous is because what he does is not separated from who he is. He is still God. He is God. I mean, just let that sink in. He is God. Every single thing is under his control. Every resource he is the source of. Every healing he is the healer of. There is nothing impossible for God. He is Yahweh Mekadesh. Godly. He can sanctify us. Now just think about it. Think about how you judge yourself after you fail. He still says you're sanctified. He still calls you sanctified. And I am set apart with him, says First Chronicles 130. Hallelujah. I am crucified with Christ, says Galatians 2.20. I am dead to the world, and the world is dead to me, says Galatians 6.14. Sin has no dominion over me, says Romans 6.14. I am free from the law of sin and death, says Romans 8 and 2. I am sanctified by your spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus, says First. Corinthians 6 11. I am set apart for the master's use, says 2 Timothy 2 21. I am a royal priesthood set apart to show forth your praises, O God, in 1 Peter 2 9. I am perfected forever for your will. I am perfected forever for your will, O God, because you have sanctified me by your spirit, says Hebrews 10 and 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is the God of peace, says Judges 6.24. You gave me peace in Jesus. I have peace with you because I am justified by faith. You are the God of peace and you are with me, says Romans 15.33. I am spiritually minded. Therefore, I have your peace, says Romans 8.6. He's Famous for making up for my shortcomings. You keep me in perfect peace, says Isaiah 26 and 3. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Even when I don't understand, he can keep me in a state of peace. Keep my And it keeps my heart and mind through Christ Jesus, says Philippians 4 and 7. Your peace rules my heart, says Colossians 3.15. I am at peace with all men, says 2 Timothy 2.22. You make me to be a peacemaker, says Matthew 5 and 9. You make even my enemies to be at peace with me, says Proverbs 6 and 7. Hallowed be the name of the Lord. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Sikkenu. You kill every one of my sickness, says Exodus 15 and 26. You keep me free from disease. My God, how can God keep a whole congregation free from COVID-19 when it's running rampant in a 
deep red state. We, he still keeps us. You keep me free from disease, says Deuteronomy 6.15. Jesus carried all of my sickness, pain, and infirmities. Therefore, I don't have to carry them, says Matthew 8.17. He's famous for that. By his stripes, I have been healed. Past it, been healed. First, Tim, first Peter 2.24. I am free from the curse of sickness. The law of the spirit in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death, says Romans 8 and 2. No plague shall, no plague can come near me or my dwelling, says Psalms 91 and 10. Look at God. Let him out. Let him out. Let him out. I have I have the son, therefore I have the life of God, says 1 Peter 5 and 12. God, he, look, look what he does. His, his name is hollow. He's still Yahweh Jireh, the God that provides. He still keeps me free from the curse of poverty, says Galatians 3.13. Man, we can go on and on and on. This is his reputation. All of your blessings come from me and overtake me. Good God. My blessings overtake me, says Deuteronomy 28 and 6. I am blessed and I am a blessing wherever I go, says Deuteronomy 28 and 3. My God, look at your God. You have delivered me from borrowing, says Deuteronomy 28 and 12. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for me, says Proverbs 13 and 22. Jesus has Giving me abundant life, says John 10, 10. We in Bible study because this is the word of God. The word is good by itself. Just reading the word of God does the work. God is good. Jesus took my poverty that I might take his riches, says 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. No, 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 no. In poverty, you shall not see when he come. My God, he's pouring out his blessings on his people. He's pouring it out. He is my shepherd. I thank you, Father, for that. You are my shepherd. You are my shepherd. You make me, you make me lie down in green pastures, says Psalms 23 and 2. Hallelujah. He's a great and mighty God. And then he's Jehovah Nisi. He causes me to win my battles. I have all authority through the name of Jesus says Matthew 28 and 18. Look at all the things that is that he promised to you. But then we don't let him out. If he can do all of this, our Lord, I'm ready to take you off the leash. I'm tired of trying to predict what you can't do. And I'm ready to tell the world what you can do. I'm ready to put my life out there and put and put your reputation on the line, God. Lord, expand in my life. I'm tired of yesterday's God. I'm ready for a new revival, an outpouring of who you are, a fresh download from heaven. Hallelujah. You always have to, he always gives us the victory. But who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? Is there anything mightier than him? Is there anyone stronger than him? Is there anyone wiser than him? Is there anything greater? Anybody can make a way like he had. Is there anyone bigger than and better than my savior? Is there anything greater than his healing? Is there anything greater? Is there a greater friend? Is there a greater shepherd? Is there a greater comforter? If your answer is no, then let 
him out. Let him out. Stretch your faith and let God be God. Take him off the leash. Yes, get out of the control seat and let God take control. Thank you, Jesus. Miracles are waiting on you. You're not waiting on a miracle. The miracle is waiting on you. Get up. Practice your power. Practice what you know. Put it into action. You don't know the word until you practice the word. Faith has action. Faith without works is dead. Every day you get up and say, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? God, I'm ready to let you out in my life. I'm tired of keeping you a secret. I'm tired of smothering your power. God, I'm letting you out today. I'm not too old. I'm not too young. My time is not over. I gotta let you out because you are famous for coming through for your people. You're famous for miracles. You're famous for healing. But how would they know if I don't let you out? And then he comes and then he has all these miracles. He turns water to wine. He turns the water. He gets water from a rock. Look at your situation. Put it in perspective. If he can get water from a rock, he can make an abundant bank account on a deficit. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Oh my God. He destroyed Korah. My God, he's such a good God. He takes, he he multiplied oil. He multiplied meal. Godly. Oh my God. He, he raised a child to life. Hallelujah. He, he catches fishes. He allowed them to catch fish. He allowed paralyzed people to walk. Yes. Do you see paralyzed people throughout your day? You are their miracle. Let God out. He healed a, he, he let a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. It doesn't matter how long that sentence has been over your life. He can heal you. Just one touch of him can heal you. Don't minimize his power. Hallelujah. He, he delivered a man from demons, many demons. He Fed 5,000. But the thing was, is that the boy, he had to let God out by offering his, his lunch, just the lunch. And that's sometimes we're looking for big things to offer, but it's something that you already have that God wants, but you got to let him out. You have to let him out. He fed the 5,000. He, he, he caused the deaf to hear. He caused a lunatic to, he caused a lunatic. He healed the lunatic. He healed the 10 lepers. He healed Lazarus after he was dead. Hallelujah. The blind saw the fig tree was cursed. My God. He, the lame was, the lame walked. He is such a good God. And, you know, those were the Bible days. But then there was a 70-year-old woman that was healed of pancreatic cancer and stomach cancer at the same time. Two pastors that's not supposed to be living in their 70s. Then he saw a man that needed a kidney. And in less than 30 days, he has a kidney. Folks buying houses and with budgets that don't qualify. Bodies being healed. Drug addicts now evangelists. Bearing women having children. A church without COVID. A church getting promotions during poverty. God keeping 
the members of the ministry saved even without gathering. That's God. You have privileges. You are chosen. You are re- you are chosen, says First Peter 2, 1, 2 through 9. You are redeemed, says Galatians 3, 13. You are assured. Woo, you are assured. John 5, 13. Your favorite says Romans 8, 28. You're preserved, says Exodus 9, 14 and Hebrews 12, 6 through 7. You're honored, says Ephesians 3, 17. But God is waiting on you to just let him out. Let him out. Let him out. And if you if you want to build up your first faith, first study the word. Give yourself to the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, says Romans 10, 17. And then the next thing we need to do is walk daily in our faith. Choose to live your life in such a way that God has to come through for you. He's going to come through, but choose to live your life in a way that honors God. See, you know, we're, we're so close. You know, when your life doesn't prosper, that's an embarrassment. When you got a man behind you, God himself that has all power in his hand and he can help and save you from any situation. So we need to walk in our daily faith. And then the last thing we need to do is we just need to let them out. Just practice. Let God out. Let God out. No more smothering. No more second guessing your gift. If you're going to fall, fall forward. Stretch forward if you're going to fall. No more falling back. God, you've been too good. I have to let your praises and your glory be known in the earth. You are famous for coming through. You're famous for saving people. You're, you're famous for all of these things. And I want everybody to know who you are. So today I encourage you, let God out. You're you're not waiting on a miracle. The miracle is waiting on you. Before you were even placed here, God had all the conditions lined up. Who cares if you got to go through? Guess what? Until you can get through that pain, you'll never be famous. What made God famous was what he conquered. What he went through, the example that he showed us, we were able to relate to him because of the things he went through, because he suffered so much. That's what made him famous. His his, his consistency, his persistency, his connection with God, his love for us. That is what made him famous. It's not beauty that's going to make you famous. It's God, that's going to, God gives the promotion. But what we want to do is we want to make God famous. We want to continue his reputation. We want God to flow through us so that we can flow and overflow to others, others who don't know this man, but he is the answer to every situation. I pray tonight that you let this famous God out. That you, that you be not, that you not be afraid. That you be like that woman that went to that store with just a note, just a little bit of faith and walked out that store with a whole grocery bag. She walked out of the store with her prayer request. She walked out of the store with her prayer request answered. And that's the same power that we have. So just do you. Do you 
and let God out and let him be famous in the earth. I love each one of you. I hope the best for every single person on this broadcast. I pray God keep you. I pray God push you. I pray God stretch you. And I pray God have his way in your life. And I pray you let him out. Have a wonderful night.